0: Amen. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. As always, I'm very honored and thankful to be able to fill the pulpit tonight, be praying for pastor. Uh, he, He told me he was praying when they were first called Christians at Antioch. And he's praying every night that someone gets saved. So pray. That whole conference is about people getting saved down there, so pray for uh, salvations while he is down there. Stand uh, with me, if you will, as we read verse 19, 20, and 21 of Matthew chapter 6. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor, nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves... Do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'm going to pray, and then I'd like to preach to you a message tonight entitled, Better Than Silver. Better Than Silver. Father, I love you. Lord, I thank you, and I'm honored, as always, to stand behind this uh, sacred desk and to open up the word of God. Lord, I want to thank you for saving me. Lord, I want to thank you for changing my life. and Lord, I thank you that I'm here. Lord, I thank you that we're all here tonight. And Father, I pray that the word of God would not return void. Lord, I pray that you would uh, speak to hearts, save souls, or change lives. Lord, I pray for Pastor Shiflet; He's very likely getting behind the pulpit right now. Father, that you would soften the souls of of those uh, men, women, and children, and that you would bring uh, people to salvation tonight, Lord, and that you would just give him power. And may we have a great night in the Word of God and and around the preaching of your Word with our family. In Jesus' name, amen. To treasure something, to cherish it, or to keep it or count it as precious. Something very, very precious to you. Something not just simple, not something that you can just kind of live without one of the most important things to you, the things which you and I treasure, what we choose to treasure. And we tend to put our heart and our efforts towards what is most important to us. Makes sense. I like watching, uh, uh, there's a guy that I I watch on uh, YouTube. It's very interesting to me. He goes to flea markets and yard sales, and his, his little saying is, I'm always looking for treasure. And he, he knows what he's looking for, and he can find things that people are selling for a dollar, two dollars, and three dollars, and go and then resell them for four, five, six, seven hundred dollars. It blows my mind, that I would have no idea what I'm looking for. But he does, and he goes and he wants to find these treasures. I recently saw a video of a, of a man, his uh, son, who's probably 35 or 40 years old. He said he remembered his dad always talking about the first vehicle that he had ever owned. And how important it was to him and he told himself when he got older and he could afford it he was going to purchase his father this vehicle that he had talked about all his life and he ended up doing it and he surprised his father and the father was just in tears he was so happy he just couldn't get over it. he was so thankful and there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that for your father there's absolutely nothing wrong with going to a flea market and finding a treasure for two dollars and selling it for seven hundred dollars man that's awesome Nothing wrong with having nice stuff. Nothing wrong with working hard and uh, getting good things. But the things of this world don't last. Here is where moth and rust and and thieves come in and steal and corrupt. And though that man may have gotten a car that one day that, that, that he absolutely loved, that car will one day be dust. It'll be nothing. It'll be worthless and it'll mean absolutely nothing. 50 or 60 years from now, that car will likely be sitting in a junkyard somewhere. Or melted down and turned into something completely different it'll be gone and out of everyone's memory it won't matter and I feel like so many not all but so many Christians struggle living the Christian life because they simply treasure the wrong thing they're after the wrong things their their mind and heart are not sold out for the things of God and Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10 says he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver nor he that loveth abundance with increase. And the problem with keeping your minds and your hearts on the things of the world is that they never bring satisfaction. Right. There is nothing, there is nothing that this world offers that brings lasting satisfaction. Who here has ever purchased a new car? Who here has ever purchased a new home or new to you or has moved into a new home, right? or you bought a new suit or a new pair of shoes or something and eventually you get used to it it gets older it wears down you can have a house built brand new and guess what in just a few years the repair bills are coming the central air is going to have to get replaced it's all going to break down because nothing that this world has to offer no matter how wonderful no matter how expensive no matter how precious it will not last period and Christians are falling into the trap falling so in love with the world and so in love with the things of the world that they're missing out on the huge blessings that God has to offer us in the Christian life and we're keeping our minds off of those things which are eternal off of those things which bring heavenly reward and so I've got three simple points tonight three areas where the Bible says these things are greater than silver Psalm chapter 12 if you will Psalm chapter 12 In verse 6 it says the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times Psalm 119 72 says the law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver and I want to tell you something we have been given such a gift with the Word of God right. and if there is one spot where professing Christians lack two spots is prayer and the study of God's Word. And I am big on this. I think reading and studying God's Word is absolutely foundational to a successful Christian life. It is so important, and I am amazed, I am shocked sometimes at people who profess to be Christians, how absolutely little they know about the Word of God. They couldn't tell you anything about this book. They couldn't open up the Bible and show you any of the four stories of Jesus' crucifixion, they couldn't open up and show you anything. They literally know nothing about the word of God, but they profess to know and love God. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. You cannot have a close, intimate walk with Jesus Christ and not be in the word of God. It's impossible. It is impossible. And people, oh, well, you know, when I'm, you know, the way I worship God is through music and feeling and song and all, all of these other things. That's great, but there is no replacement for the Word of God. There's no replacement for the Word of God. I was talking to Brother Snipes last week, and I believe Brother Berner, at our event on a Friday night. You could ask 10 professing Christians how to be saved, and you just might get 10 different answers. You want to know why? They don't know their Bible. They don't know their Bible. There are, there are Christians that couldn't tell you what the Ten Commandments are. There are Christians that couldn't tell you the basic foundational stories. There are Christians that literally know nothing about the Word of God because they treasure the wrong things. I'm going to tell you something right now. Your intimate walk with God, where you go in and you spend time in prayer and you open up the Word of God, which you should each and every day, and, and have a walk with Him is so important. You say, well, I come to church every, you know, every Wednesday, uh, uh, you know, twice on Sunday, great, and that's wonderful, and I hope you stay faithful to church, but there is no replacement for your personal time with God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Only getting the word of God from preaching is like being married and hearing somebody else tell you how wonderful your spouse is three times a week, <laughs> yeah. but you never getting to experience it yourself. That's exactly what that's like. It's just like being married and having everyone tell you just how wonderful your your spouse is, but you have no idea because you have not spent any personal, close, intimate time with him or her. That's a shame. We are Christians. We have access to the throne of grace. We have the complete, holy, inerrant, infallible word of God, and we leave it on the shelf and it collects dust and we know nothing about it. And when people come up to us because we love to talk about, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, and we get into political baits, and we like to throw our Christianity in there, and then someone asks us a question about the Word of God or a question about our faith or a question about salvation, and we have no answer because we don't know what the Word of God says. How important is your walk with God? The Bible says to study, to show thyself approved, to study. You don't study by accident. You don't, you know, if I go and I sit down and I read a murder mystery, I'm not studying. I'm just reading. I'm just, in, I'm, I'm enjoying. To, to study is showing that we are uh, taking a purposeful, closer, deeper look into what the Word of God says. Right. You ought to know it like the back of your hand. And if you don't know it, you ought to, you ought to be willing. I'm going to tell you right now, if... If a preacher, an evangelist, a, a visiting pastor were to come up here and to preach heresy, would you know it? Would you know that they are preaching wrong? That's how good you ought to know the Word of God. And if you don't, and if you don't, a, there's a great remedy. Study it. Read it. We find time for TV. We find time for working overtime. We find time for everything else, but we can't find time to have a close, personal walk with Jesus Christ, and it is that important. We give time to our spouses, which we should. We give time to our children, which we should. We get time to our jobs every day, which we should. But we also ought to be giving time to God. Your families, your spouse, your your, uh, children, they ought to know, hey, you know what? It's my time with God right now. Please leave me be. I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to go to my spot. I'm going to go wherever it is that you go. I I work evening and day shift. I have a routine when I'm on day work, and I have a routine when I work evenings. I have a spot when I work day work, and I have a spot when I work evenings, and a time that I set aside to spend time with God. I remember back in about 2007, we had an evangelist here, and he preached. Uh, I believe it it was out of the uh, book of Mark. It was as his custom was, was the name of the message. And he talked so much about having a walk with God, and that's when it changed for me. I didn't want to just be saved. I didn't want to just sit in here and just enjoy some of the benefits of of, of being a uh, Christian. I wanted in on this thing. I wanted to know God. I wanted to have an intimate relationship with God. I wanted my life to be changed. I wanted to get sin out of my life. I wanted to be a witness. I wanted to be a light. I wanted to make a difference for Jesus Christ. And you can't do it when you make time for everything else. And you make no time for God. How well do you know him? How well do you want to know him? I want to know them. I want to know him so well. And here's what's amazing. I have read certain parts of this hundred times if I've read it once and God will show me something new God will speak to me differently than the next time I read that chapter or I read that verse. there have been times I have been down and I've just been depressed or out or scared or I didn't know what to do and I just open up the Bible and boom there's the verse that I needed and just like God speaking directly to me but if I hadn't opened up the Word of God guess what I wouldn't have gotten it please check your schedule get out some of the fluff Get out some of the stuff that isn't needed and make time for what's important and learn to treasure the Word of God. It is better than silver. There's no amount of money in your bank account that's going to ever replace the Word of God. Is it important to you? And if it's not, make it important to you. You You can do that right now. You know what? I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to have a walk with God every day. And I'm not just going to open up and just read two verses and walk away. I'm going to set aside a certain amount of time some people, I know some people that walk with God in the morning. I know people that do it in the, in the evening. Whatever. Have a time set aside where God knows. God's going to be sitting there waiting for you. Are you, are you going to let him down? Are you going to meet him there? It's awesome. That deep walk with God. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it at all. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 13 and 14 says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10 and 11 says, Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Verse nineteen, yeah. So the uh, same uh, chapter, my fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. Talking about wisdom, Proverbs sixteen sixteen says, "How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver?" The word of God is better than silver. The wisdom of God is better than silver. And wisdom is simply defined. Knowledge and the capacity to make do to use it. Knowledge and the ability for you and I to then take that knowledge and use it. That's why it's important to have a knowledge of the word of God. That's why it's important to know what the word of God says. kind of hard to use your knowledge if you don't have it. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of wisdom out there. That uh, if you don't know the Word of God, you're going to get sucked into. There's a lot of, of of heresy out there. There's a lot of false preaching out there. There's a lot of nonsense out there. That if you don't know the Word of God, you're going to get sucked into it, and you're going to start believing this wisdom of the world that's got a little bit of just a little bit of Jesus sprinkled on it, just a little bit of the Word, just enough truth to make it sound believable. But because you're ignorant of the Word of God, you're not going to catch it, and it's a dangerous thing. I'm very careful about books I read and preachers that I I uh, listen to I will not just listen to any preacher I will not just read any article anymore if if I don't know the person I'm just not gonna read it and it might be a great article but I'm just not gonna risk it do you know why there's a lot of heresy there's a lot of sneakiness out there and I only trust anymore I only trust a handful of people anymore There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that used to be great, and they have just fallen to the wayside. So I have just decided I'm not going to sit here and do that anymore. I got myself in some traps, and I just get myself uh, into these holes. I wonder what what people are talking about. I was reading an article one time about this preacher. Oh, this makes me sick. This woman comes to him and says, Pastor, I just want to be saved. I've asked Jesus Christ to save me. And I don't know if he has. And his answer was, well, you're just going to have to go home and just beg God to save you until he saves you. He might not save you until tomorrow. And so this poor woman goes home and begs God all night, comes back the next day and says, I just don't know if he saved me. And he says, well, you, you, you had better go on home and just keep on begging God to save you because you're going to have to beg him or he's not going to save you. And after two days of that, she came back and said, I think God finally saved me. I don't know about you but I'm going to take a f- phrase that when I've been in some uh, dark spots my friend brother Payne has said to me God doesn't treat his children like that yeah. God loves us so much anyone willing to come to him with a with a, a a heart that just wants to be saved they know that they're sinners and they call out on the Jesus Christ they're saved I'm sorry I don't care what and, and there are people following this. They're, they're falling for it. There are people that used to believe solidly following preachers like this because they don't know the word of God. I've got three subpoints under wisdom. If you would turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This kind of goes along with what I was just saying. But 1 Corinthians 3 verses 16 to 19. Beware of the wisdom of the world. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any, man defile the temple, uh, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness there are a lot of people that seem very wise they have all the answers they have their own insights they put their own angles on things God calls them fools they're wise in the eyes of the world but they are fools if you go back to chapter 1 twice in uh, chapter 1 verse 18 of uh, first Corinthians it says for the preaching on the cross is to them which perish foolishness but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Hey, the things that seem wise unto the world, that's what foolishness is unto God. And the things that are wise and and right unto us, like the preaching of the gospel, that is foolishness to the world. They hate the preaching of God's word. They think that what we have, the wisdom of God's word is foolishness, but what we have is truth. And if we don't, know the word of God, how are we going to distinguish? There's a lot. There's a lot of the psychological, a lot of the uh, uh of all the spiritualism that people are trying to swing into Christianity. And I think we forget just how awesome we have it here at Calvary Baptist Church. Amen. You would be shocked to go into other churches and hear the wisdom of the world being preached from pulpits like it's the word of God. That's right. I I I am uh my mind is blown sometimes at what New Age Christianity has become. What New Age Christianity has become. And it certainly doesn't look anything like the Christianity of the Bible. There's a lot of worldliness, a lot of that worldly wisdom mixed in. Like I said, with with just a li- just enough Bible sprinkled on it, and people are eating it up, and they're going to church, and they're waving their hands, and they're saying, "Oh, I just love God. I got saved. Everything is so great." But they look act just like the world there's not a bit of difference in any single one of them because their christian life is so mingled with the wisdom of the world they have a like i said before a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof they 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 are trying to do both well you can't serve god and mammon you can't do both You can't attempt to live a Christian life with worldly values and worldly views and worldly wisdom. You'll fail, you'll fall, you'll go towards the world every single time. It's a strong pull. It all goes back to knowing the word of God. James chapter 3, verse 13 says, Who was a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. You know, godly wisdom isn't puffed up that's very meek and lowly those who were truly wise with the knowledge of God are not puffed up full of pride but the wisdom of the world wants you to puff yourself up and let everyone see you and you live for yourself when you talk to a a Christian brother or sister or you're listening to a preacher and they are trying to uh, encourage you to to do it your own way which some some preachers say hey do things your own way that should be a red flag For the wisdom of the world puffs up and lifts up self and lifts up your accomplishments and lifts up you where the wisdom of God brings down. It's very meek, very humble, and it exalts Jesus Christ. Any wisdom that exalts the world or exalts self is foolishness. And then Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, makes an amazing statement: He that winneth souls is wise. You know what people filled with the wisdom of God do? They win souls. They pursue souls. People that are filled with the knowledge and the wisdom of God, they they work hard at pursuing and winning lost souls to Jesus Christ. Those who treasure more than silver the Word of God. Those who treasure. More than the things that this world has to offer, the wisdom of God and the counsel of God and the power of God are out there pursuing and winning souls for Jesus Christ. They have a genuine love and care and concern for lost souls. Because whether you want to believe it or not, there is an actual fiery hell where people go to every single day. They draw their last breath and they're thrown in there because you and I haven't told them. And it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Are you wise how's your knowledge of the Word of God are you using it to lead other people to Christ or do you keep that thing hidden scared to say something scared to use it scared to use the knowledge scared to tell somebody scared to let that light shine if we had a church full of people if everybody was, so, was concerned enough to lead one soul to Christ this year, one, and bring them here, we'd have to have a new building next year. We'd be so packed full of people who were lost and now they're found. We'd have a building packed full of people who were on their way to hell and now they're on their way to heaven because somebody cared enough, they had enough wisdom of God and enough care and enough concern to go and tell them. What do you spend your time doing if you were to put up here on this screen how you spent every second of this week how much time did you waste how how much of it was spent praying for the for the lost how much of it was spent being a witness how much of it was spent studying the word of god how much of it was it spent developing yourself to be a better christian a stronger christian closer to god how much of it was and how much of it was spent pursuing worldliness and ungodliness and the treasures that this world has to offer that will ultimately rust and wither away we act like we have forever to do this job but sooner or later our time is up and there won't be any going back you no know, it's just like i told my sunday school class on sunday i said you know we always i always tell my wife i'm going to love you forever always and forever and i guess in a in a sense i will but i won't get to wake up next to her every day for the rest of eternity i won't get to be her husband forever that ends the moment one of us goes well guess what your opportunity to lead lost souls to christ ends the moment you leave this earth and i just wonder how many of us are going to stand before a holy god who gave us a lifetime listen to me a lifetime some of you have been doing this for a long time a lifetime to be a witness and to lead people to Christ and to pull them out of hell and how many of you are going to get there and not have one not have one person that you've led to Christ be wise be wise Study the word of God, know what it says, and use the knowledge to fulfill the gospel of Jesus Christ. And lastly, Proverbs 22, chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter 22, verse 1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor, rather than silver and gold. I'll tell you something, there is no price you can put on a good name. A good name is it's, it's important, it's powerful. What do people think of when they say your name? When you're not around and your name is popped up or my name is popped up what do people say about you are you known as a good solid god-fearing christ-loving christian or do people look at you and say ah they're not really into it or are you only known as a christian in here but if we were to go outside of here would people know you as a christian would people be willing to say, oh, yeah, so-and-so, man, they love God. They're always in here doing things right, uh, uh, you know, witnessing, trying to lead us to Christ, always, always trying to correct us, always trying to help us. They're so loving and kind and caring. They go out of their way for us. They're a great example of Christ. Or would people just, them, a Christian? I've met a lot of people that have said, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And I was totally shocked to hear that statement come out of their mouth. What is your name like it's better than silver a good name it is there is no treasure on this earth worth giving up a good name and here's the good news if you don't have a good name today it doesn't mean you can't september 30th 2021 i mean you could start right now rebuilding your name saying you know what maybe I haven't been the best Christian maybe I haven't been doing things right maybe I can improve in some areas and I'm going to make the decision tonight this time next year I'm going to have a better name not just for myself but for Jesus Christ because my name when 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 someone thinks about me I want my life to glorify Jesus Christ and there's so much out there there's so many distractions there's so many treasures so many opportunities to walk away from God and to just be able to be a Christian in title only and not do anything for him. That song where it says we're prone to wander, prone to stray, anyone else feel that sometimes? Be honest, yeah, it's there. This, this, this flesh wants to, wants to wander away from the things of God and that's why it's important to be in the word of God because you have to either feed your flesh or feed your spirit. And not feeding your spirit is feeding the flesh. Starving your spirit is feeding the flesh. And the longer you stay in the flesh, that good name is going bye-bye. Because you're not going to live for Christ. What do you treasure? I mean that. What do you treasure? What is the most important things in your life? I am... I hurt for people, friends, coworkers, people that have uh, made the statement, "Oh, I, I love God." They really have no idea who they're talking about. They have no idea and I watch them treasure the things of the world. I watch them go out of their way to make an extra dollar, go out of their way to, to, to get a nice vehicle that they really can't afford, or, or, or man, I, man on, the, on the police department, you can work crazy overtime. You can work part-time or they'll hire you at the, if you, uh, many of you will see the officer standing over here at the Walmart at night. Man's making 40 bucks an hour standing there doing nothing but standing there, 40 bucks an hour. I'm gonna tell you, am I right? These officers eat that stuff up to the point where they can't live without it. One of the first things I warned Spencer about when he joined, I said, don't get caught up in that nonsense because there are people that they've bought so many boats and houses and sports cars and all kinds of stuff that their regular paycheck will not cut it. They have to work. Hours upon hours upon hours of overtime and part-time just to survive with all of the treasures that they bought that they can't even enjoy because they have to work so much just to keep it. Right. Amen. And they're going to get to the end of their life. And, man, I watch, I watch one guy. His family lives out of state. He moved his family out of state. Way out of state the other end of the country because it's cheaper and he goes home once a month or once every other month for five to seven days and we told him you're you're missing your children being raised and and your wife has no husband at home and and you're missing all you're missing your kid's childhood to save a few dollars you're treasuring the wrong thing far-pressed to have me move my family out of state to save some money i'd rather live in a box outside than not be around my kids and my wife i'll tell you that right now but because all the world knows is to treasure what the world has all the world knows the treasure is what the world has and it's up to you and i to show them an- another treasure but how can we show somebody else to treasure the word of god and to treasure the wisdom of god and to have a good name and to and to treasure their salvation when We don't treasure these things either. How is a lost world supposed to know what to treasure when the Christians are treasuring the wrong things? How is a lost world supposed to know that Jesus Christ loves them when the Christians are too busy working to buy all the stuff that the world has to offer and they don't have any time to go out soul-wanted? They don't have any time to be a light. They don't have any time to live the Christian life. They don't have time to be faithful to church. They don't have time for the Word of God or anything to do with God because they're too busy with the world. How are they supposed to know what they're missing out on when the Christians aren't even enjoying it themselves? It's time we take this thing seriously serious business and we're wasting time and i tell you I love the Christian life I wouldn't give it up for anything I, I, I've lived on both sides of that aisle and uh, you can have that you can have it oh yeah there are things that tempt me I don't walk on water but I'm gonna tell you what I've been out there and I know I I know what the end is and I know what the end with the Christian life is and one day One day, man, one day, I'm going to leave this old world. And I sure hope, I sure hope that I didn't treasure so much stuff here that I have no treasure up there to give back to him. I'd be so ashamed to see Jesus for the first time and have nothing to offer him. I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus and the And the closer I get to him, the more I honestly sit down and I can picture in my head what it's going to be like. And I'm sure it'll be completely different, but I picture in my mind what it's going to be like. And I hope he just lets me run to him and just jump in his arms. The knowledge that I'll never fail God again. I'll never have to go back to him and say, Lord, would you forgive me? I'll never have to go back to him and say, I messed up here. I didn't take this opportunity here. But you know what? I sure want to have some treasures on that day to give him. Lord it's it's not much but it's yours I can't give him my boat down here can't give him that sports car can't give him all that overtime it's his anyway what's he want with that no I can give him my time sure hope I can bring some souls with me some prayer some sacrifice I want treasure in heaven to give to him. And every day that I waste here, not building up that treasure is another day that I can't. Another day that you can't. So my question to you tonight is simple. Where is your treasure? What is most important to you? Are you dwelling in the wisdom of the world or are you dwelling in the wisdom of God? What kind of name do you have? kind of things you need to change to better that name what are you doing for God I pray that you'll come down to the altar tonight and just uh, make some decisions in Psalm 17 David said I want to I want to quote it just right As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Well, guess what? None of us down here are going to wake up with his likeness. So let's stay unsatisfied where we are and keep moving forward for God. If you're satisfied with your Christian life, get unsatisfied real quick. Because none of us have arrived. None of us have arrived.